This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast. A podcast focusing on test cricket by Armchair Critics of the Game. I'm your host Ajit and to review the incredible set of test matches that have finished in the last couple of days we have with us Ollie Oliver from All About the Balls podcast. Hello Oliver, welcome to the Armchair Cricket podcast. Hi there, thank you very much for having me. It's good to uh... It's a pleasure to be. It's quite a surprise. I think we're, we're all about the balls. We're quite a uh, we we'll call it an improvised approach, but it's uh, it's quite ramshackle. But uh, so it's, it's nice to be part of something a little bit more organised. So thank you for having me. Well, uh, whatever organised does mean uh, we yeah. call ourselves. <laughs> well, there was an agenda. There was an agenda that got emailed before the pod, which is not normally about now on our show. We're going. So what should we talk about? Uh, so uh, yeah. Well, look. It gets easy if there are three pa- three test matches that just finished, right? So it, it uh, the yes. agenda sort of builds itself. So I think yes, it's perfect, isn't it? We should just get it get on, get into the first one, the biggest of the lot, of course, right? So today uh, we are recording on the last day of the England India test match, the test match where uh, England uh, won so convincingly. So to kick it off, Oli, some initial thoughts. Um. Do you know what I mean? Fantastic! What not, not, what a great win for England, obviously, but just what a great game as well. I think there's been there's been quite a few uh, really entertaining Test matches over the last few few weeks, in particular say India down in Australia, for example. That was a great series, um, and I just think in this match we saw some really special things, some really special things. It wasn't. It was. Big news because I think any team winning in India is is always big news. But I think the way that England did it today was actually something quite special. It'll be interesting to see you know, whether they can kick on and, and turn this into another win, a series, another away series win. That would be even that'd be amazing. But but for now, it was a really special game. Really special game. Indeed. So as you said. it was indeed put together on a bunch of really special events and special innings and bowling performances so if you were to look down the scorecard england first of all won a very important toss and made good use of the pitch so dom sibley 87 in the first innings rory burns i thought he threw it away with that unnecessary reverse sweep shot 33 but i think he looked very solid while they went about it so at least the first 24 25 overs they made sure india didn't get a sniff in that was very important the spinners didn't get a sniff in and then Though Don uh, Dan Lawrence failed, sort of on the cusp of lunch, Dan Lawrence failed. But then that was all India was going to get the whole day, right? Because Joe Root, two hundred and eighteen, he's he's in a very very special form, and uh, I think it's just the third uh, double hundred in just uh, let's say third test, yeah, uh, second double hundred in third test. But I might say it might be three as well because the one in mid middle was one eighty, so it was another daddy hundred. And then mm. when you look at it. First, even when Dom Sibley was sort of dismissed on the last ball of the day, that was just a, the only sniff really India had. Because first thing next morning, Ben Stokes comes in, him and Joe Root shut shop. Nothing for another half a day, right? And then even mm. though Ben Stokes gets out, Ollie Pope, Butler, 
best everybody make sure they keep adding they keep adding power and then you you have one one and joe root tied up I mean, it was a surprise for everybody when joe root was suddenly dismissed i think because it didn't look like mm-hmm. he would stop it was it was going to be a probably 300 and then a declaration or something he just kept going he was very fluent and what stood out for me was his choice in sweeps i think this is a deliberate tactic england have really come practiced on their tour of mm-hmm. asia they want to make sure the spinners lengths are disturbed right the best way to do it is sweep uh, just get to the pitch of the ball and hit it on the top of the bounce and mm-hmm. so it was not only root but root was probably the best exponent of it but stokes did it when stokes is also a little bit agricultural when it comes to it he can be right he has big big guns and he can use them when he needs to joe root was so much more articulate so much more cultured yeah even those reverse sweeps didn't look like it was there was any hack nothing it was beautifully padded yeah right yeah i i i think you're right and i think i think the the sweeps are really interesting shot as well because it it's i don't know it's part technique it's part confidence and maybe that's true almost with every shot but i think there's something particularly about the 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 sweep shot you know you can get yourself into so many difficulties you you expose yourself to lbw to the to the top edge you could get yourself completely sort of tangled up and get bowled you know it, it really is Uh, a confident shot you can even look just really stupid you know like just from an you know an embarrassment and sort of pride point of view you can just look really silly in front of the opposition so to to be able to use it and use it so effectively time after time after time and i think for a bowler to begin with when you start seeing the sweep come out you know you, st- you probably start getting a little bit excited and thinking oh hello here we go you know i can I, he's going to get one of these wrong eventually i i i just need to keep sort of landing it in the right place but actually after a while you start thinking I'm not i'm not really sure how to bowl to this guy like i don't you know he's not only can i not create chances he's almost scoring runs off me no matter where i put it and then you know from that bowling point of view when you're forcing the bowler to try and do something new to do something they're not used to out of their normal rhythm then you're really in their head and you can really cash in like like root did indeed now look also when you can play both the sweep and the reverse sweep by playing a conventional sweep you are already yeah. opening out square of the wicket on the leg and also behind the square so you are mm. and it's a fairly powerful shot when you have to you can hit it in the air you mm. can hit it in front of square behind square mm. so what it means is you are opening out a whole big area but then the moment you play the reverse you are opening the same set of area on the other side so that means yeah. Yeah. where test matches you have this in out fields where you have a bunch of class catchers close by and a bunch of people you know closer to the boundary maybe 3/4 you are really making it difficult for the skipper so i think this really stood out i think they already showed it very beautifully in the tour of sri lanka but then it was exemplified so why i am saying this is indian bowlers did not bowl all that badly but they were almost rendered inert by what you said right how does the spinner combat this i mean changes of length changes of line but never mind that the same guy who's about to crouch to a sweep can simply rock back and pull you if if you try to yeah. rock near length and you, it's not fast enough off the pitch for example mm. right mm. and or just go back and muscle it through the off or something so and the other thing these are all not very short people joe root would be batting at uh, on the top of the popping crease let's say the moment he goes all the way down to sweep he's reaching the pitch of the ball which is on the other side of just on the other side of good length you're also forced to pull mm. your length back right so all this will mess a lot with the head and preparation of spinners i guess that's the whole point in this uh let's say this approach because 
Ishan Sharma and Jasprit Bumrah, I think they did well. Ishan Sharma came back well with the old ball, did a bit with the yeah. old ball, got some reverse swing going, got a couple of wickets, uh, a couple of quick blows, Butler and Archer. Let's say they could have done a lot more damage. I mean, at that point in time, it looked like maybe England can declare and have India five hours, mm. bat five, six hours in the evening. But then England had another another idea. They wanted to go in for the met- mental disintegration, have the opposition come back on the field again, make them spend another 30-40 minutes on the third day and almost ensure they'll bat only once, right? Yeah. And that, again, that was not the only time in this test that they sort of didn't go as per expectations of a more aggressive mindset. But they had a clear goal in mind. Yeah, I, I, I think, I mean, and this is kind of going back to the to the root sort of topic about it. It's, it's not just his batting um, where he's in such sort of sweet form at the moment. He also seems to really be finding his feet as a captain. Because um, I think for, for a while to begin with in his, in his early days, and this is not, not necessarily surprising, but there was a little bit of indecision there. There was probably some over-caution. But actually, he seems much more comfortable now with his own style of leadership, his own style of captaincy. I think the team also, like they, they seem like a, a really well-bonded, group of people um all believing in each other all trusting each other trusting in themselves and um you know there's 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 nothing better for confidence than actually winning and they and they're doing that as well you know they're picking up good wins overseas um that can only help build that confidence and make them make them harder and harder to beat indeed look he looks to have come into his own as a captain he looked a bit mm-hmm. uncomfortable now he really with that you know, the Ashes win and then this. He really looks to be coming into his own. It looks like a really, really nice result. You know, away wins are away wins. Doesn't matter where. Mm-hmm. Even if it is against a slightly weakened Sri Lanka, doesn't matter. But against this Indian team, which sort of is coming off that high, the tour of Australia, where against mm-hmm. all odds, they, you know, not only oh, retake, yeah. but one. Fantastic series. Right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, we'll get into it maybe towards the end of it all. But I, I think there may be also still a factor of uh, fatigue, the mental fatigue, right, for the Indian uh, team. But they make a bounce back in the upcoming test. We'll see this. We'll discuss what are the possibilities yeah. going further. But when India came to bat, well, they didn't do too badly. They lost Rohit Sharma cheaply in both innings. It must be said that was quite a blow. You would expect him to kick mm-hmm. it off, maybe a 40-50. If not, he has the capacity to sort of do what Joe Root did dominate attacks for longer periods yeah. of time, right? You would expect he would kick on. Unfortunately, it was not to be. Shubman Gill, 29, again, he was scoring very enterprisingly in the first innings. I think he had sort of an idea to attack a little bit the England spinners as well, what he got to see, right? And then also he combated both the pacers very well, Archer and Anderson at least, at the top. But then once they both went, Cheteshwar Pujara sort of set up shop, which, what he does these days apparently. Kohli failed. Mm. It was it was expected. He was coming back from a break. It can sometimes be. And you've been on the field two and a half days thinking about it. Probably it cost him. Rahane, unfortunately, a failure in both innings. First innings was a slightly adventurous shot, which you could say was not required, but root goalkeeper style catch to add to that mm. wonderful 100. Mm. I mean, it. we don't know what could have happened, but it was hit fairly hard. And it was one of those where the batsman was running down the pitch to get to the pitch of the ball and hit it hard. Yeah, Amazing yeah. catch. Very, very limber. Joru didn't look like he was... It was just a very... Just stretching out of the arms. And just there it was. The yeah. ball. It, it, fantastic. So it, it just... Almost like he knew it was going to happen. Right? As if yeah. he was fielding. Yeah, 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 very, very yeah, well yeah. done there again. And then Rishabh Pant came out. You know he would come out with all guns blazing. Which is what he did. 
and he put Jack Leach under a lot of pressure. Of course, Joe Root as well, the skipper. But look, at some point in time, ja- Jack Leach had eight or seventy-seven no wickets. Fantastic, and uh, T20 uh, figures almost one might say. But uh, Rishabh Pant played a really special knock, and I think he li- lived by the sword, had to die by it, and uh, Best got him out. It would have been poetically mm. correct if maybe Leach had got him out, but Best got yes. him out. And Best did the much of the running initially. This test as an England spinner, he took a four for Archer and Anderson. Anderson came back at the tag end, finished off the tailenders. Wickets are wickets. Anderson is red wine that you know one of those vintage. Yeah, uh, yeah. vintage just definitely keeps getting better. And we'll get to yeah. Anderson and his special the couple of deliveries. But I think the, there was a freak dismissal. Chetashwar Pujara trying to hit the ball hard into the leg. Taking the shoulder of the short leg fielder and bowling to short mid wicket, that was sort of unfortunate. This guy looked to have set out the stall and sort of worked out all the kinks on the pitch. Uh, how much of a difference do you think it could have made in case this had not gone that way? Could you think India would have batted on and maybe gotten to 400 plus, and maybe it would have been a different story? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think I think what was interesting for for both of the Indian innings is that. They, they, you know, they did lose just too many wickets early and and, and just heap pressure upon themselves. Even though, uh, I mean, like you said, you know, sort of Pajara picked up a seventy yard, Pant got ninety, uh, Sundar got that that, that eighty five in the first innings. But they were still, what was it, sort of seventy three for four. Um, and then I think in the second innings, where I wrote it down, they had uh, ninety two for four and then one hundred and ten for five. So again, you know. Yes, individual batsmen actually performed in sort of both innings and picked up some okay scores, but the pressure they just made things harder for themselves by running out of too many top top, top sort of order batsmen too early. Um, so even if someone in the middle order picked up a couple of good scores like they did in the first innings, it just wasn't enough. They they needed, like England had, either one player to go really big, or they needed kind of like those two or three centuries. Um, uh, and and they just kind of they just kind of missed out. Um, I think what was what was interesting from like the the bowling point of view that you mentioned there, like Archer didn't pick up that many wickets in the match, but actually he did some good work in terms of sort of um, I think shaking up some of the Indian batsmen and softening them up, and and then it was other bowlers who then picked up the actual wickets. But I think. Thinks that you know Archer has a value if he's doing that. You know that 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 doesn't get recorded in the in the bowling figures, um, and, it, and it's not it's not to be forgotten about or dismissed. I mean, he you know he has to do it. He can't he can't not pick up wickets continually. He has to get some wickets, but but he does have that that pace. And it's not you know it's funny. It's, it's not even his pace. It, I think it's the angleness of the deception that he's able to to sort of to weave that a lot of batsmen just can't pick him. Uh, and he's able to get the ball up high, sort of around the sort of the the chest and the sort of the neck area, off exactly the same run out that he run up that he uses and delivery sort of um, style that he uses for for a Yorker. Uh, and batsmen just cannot pick him. Cannot pick him. I think I was getting into that partnership, Washington Sundar and Ashwin. In both the innings, mm. I think he tenderized Ashwin a bit, especially Archer. I think what you said, from a similar sort of a length, the ball can jump at your throat. One length, mm. one ball that was probably coming at your hip suddenly can be at your throat from a similar sort mm. of place on the pitch. And it for him, I think it doesn't matter that it's a relatively slightly, let's say, breaking up pitch, not a hard enough pitch that he can't hit it hard, right? 
he he hmm. has this very languid run up we've seen it and we've said it time and time again this guy is really 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 special and uh, england are lucky to have him and they have ollie stone hmm. behind him if required there's a mark wood somewhere in the wings so when you have somebody as skilled an operator as james anderson who can bowl from one end and yeah. you can use this guy purely as a shock lance like i think india tried it with jaspreet bumrah 3 3 over spells across the yeah. first two days right something like that same thing go out there bowl your heart out like i think that's how mm-hmm. finally even um, skippers of australian ilk had discovered how to use mitchell johnson four over spells yeah. go kill them i don't care what you do i don't care yeah. how many runs you give just go yeah. scare scare the holy star 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 out of them so look that's the whole point so mm-hmm. in this case that's what he did really well he tenderized a couple of those batsmen i think one thing stood out i think it could have been as you said even from 225 for 6 india could have been 280 all out or something a little bit more fight there right ashwin and uh, uh, sundar took them overnight and then even played up to half another session more and ashwin 31 sundar 85 not out really unlucky because the rest you know 9 10 jack didn't give him anything that was bad <laughs> I think uh, Shabazz Nadeem took some deliveries out, but then I think he would have really appreciated getting to 100 and taking that much more time out of the game, right? Because in the end, I think England had that time. So the moment they got to a lead of in the second innings, they were so far ahead. They had a choice, right? Whether do they enforce a follow-on or not? And I think as most teams do these days, they go for the safety option, and they didn't enforce a follow-on. India went. I think they did pretty well. They went hard at England in the first, in the second innings. Ashwin uh, dismissing Rory Burns, then Sibley, and then Nishan Sharma coming back. Some fast bowlers getting into the act. Joe Root scoring a very enterprising, almost like a T20 innings, right? Mm. They kept going. Mm. His 40 was the highest. Then you have Ollie Pope 28, Butler 24, Dom Bess. So by the time Josh Butler and Dom Bess were out there, the lead already 375, 370. England had seen enough. They just then decided, you know what? For the second time in the game, the first time being the end of the second day, the second time being the end of nearing the end of the fourth day, right? where they said you know what let's not hurry through this i think we have enough time 105 108 overs on this pitch should be enough even for any attack and they had a very confident attack an attack that had been bowling sri lanka out twice already on such situations yeah uh, sri lanka have imploded once or twice but they knew they were in for a fight but they knew they had 60 70 good overs in them and you know they would get the opposition out that's exactly what happened because they slowed down it was inexplicable if you are a fan you like hey go hit make 420 430 give india i don't know 10 overs uh, 12 overs why are you not giving more no mm. no they happy mm. because there was again mm. some planning i think as you said mm. probably chris silver would brings a different approach he's the current coach isn't he so he's brought a different approach yeah yeah, yeah absolutely and at the end of the day what matters is it's delivering results they are on the back of a 3 nil you know asia tour score so far and only the results speak for themselves because this little passage of play passages of play they may or they may not make sense but then what matters is did you get the result you went out for and they have been doing that yeah exactly and do you know what I, I, again I, i always find these discussions quite quite fun and enjoyable because you you know you have no idea what is actually going on in their heads and kind of just theorize and hypothesize these master plans but i wonder if there's something in there that you know first of all Joe Root and Silverwood are, are kind of backing their bowlers and going actually in these conditions with this talent we should be able to pick up 10 wickets in in this period of time so there's kind of like some confidence and belief there which probably then helps the bowlers feel trusted as well you know that it's not like oh well we need to give them at least a day and a half maybe sort of you know five sessions at least to get them all out but there's there's also something in there about keeping um the other side kind of guessing a little bit 
um, and actually going, well, surely, you know, so looking up at the scoreboard and going, I mean, surely they're going to declare soon. They've, you know, they've got almost 400. No one's going to chase down 400. This is ridiculous. What are you doing? But and it's just that little bit of doubt, that little bit of not being completely sure about what, what, what are, are they nervous? Are they nervous about our batting? Or should we be nervous? And again, it's just those tiny little mind games at different points throughout the the, the, the day, the session, the, the match, the series. And if you can just keep that, that the other, other side's leadership group going, I'm not entirely sure what they're thinking here. That's you know that that's a win. That's a win in these kind of in these kind of situations. That's 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 all, they all stack up. You know they they talk so much in sort of Test match cricket about who who won the session, and I think you know it's it's so often down to the bat and the ball. But actually, you start looking at the leadership and some of the decisions that they make. That's really crucial. That's really crucial in there as well. You know they were so far ahead. They made 178, mm. but that was more than enough, as it turns out, right? Probably mm. 100 mm. runs, too, man, too many in any case. But look, they got to a comfort zone. They crossed 400, still made sure India batted again, took one wicket as well overnight, right? So all that pretty much went to plan. So mm. in this case, Ashwin opened the bowling for India, did wonderfully well, 6 for 61, another 5 for. And, you know, I was reading a, I was reading a stat on cricket for, I think, Nakul Pandey, who works with Guerrilla Cricket, was tweeting it. He was saying, I think Ashwin has one less 5-4 than McGrath in 103 innings less. So, really? Yeah. That's quite something. I mean, uh, he has... That's incredible, yeah. Indeed, right? Because you wouldn't notice it. I mean, he's taken many of his 5-4s at home, but then that's okay because yeah, the pitches sure. are good for yeah, it and he's good there. But at the end mm. of the day, he is a great and he will finish a great, I guess, when his time comes. But he still has 6-7 years to go if he can keep a fitness going. Uh, so... Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. when the num- maximum number of five hours is sixty-seven, memorably, nobody's ever going to break that. That's that's. No, no, they they no, talk no. of all of these Don Bradman's average not getting broken, Tendulkar's number of tests probably not getting broken, blah blah. That's another record. Sixty-seven five hours. I mean, I don't know what to say, but anyway. So yeah. coming back to the score and look, Shabas Nadim looked a little out of control at times. He he was comfortably mastered. It must be said. He got two wickets, but they were sort of towards the end when. Uh, Olipop Butler, they were looking to hit, probably gave it away a little bit. Uh, Ishan Sharma again came back well. Uh, he was almost not used at all initial part. Bumrah also, as we said, just like a shock lance, a couple of overs here, a couple of overs there. They took a wicket each. But then it was not about the England score anymore, right? So 400 is crossed. Now it's over to you, guys. You've already dismissed overnight one batsman, Rohit Sharma. You already had a good start. That means Shubman Gil, Cheteshwar Pujara, you are looking again. Can you repeat what happened in Sydney? Everybody, all of us fans, India, anybody fans, yeah. you're saying, can you repeat it? Can you take half a day out of the equation again? Well, it was not meant to be, right? Pujara dismissed by Leach a bit early, maybe in the first 30 minutes of the day already. And then comes a certain Mr. Anderson. I mean, sort of Kohli comes in, sets up a nice score with Gil, puts on a mm. comfortable 40-50, Gil gets to his 50, right? Now, sort of again, it's set up. Can these two see it to lunch and beyond? Again, these two are still top batters and then you have only two mm-hmm. wickets lost. If you can see it into lunch and maybe have a middling sort of a session where you even lose two or three wickets, you can still hope with five wickets left you can get to the end. So, nah. In comes this guy. He's given the ball for the first time in the day. Two balls, pitch perfect. Starting an over, one leaves the batsman. Okay, great. Next one comes, whoop, off the ball, reverse swinging. And he somehow found the right spot on the pitch from which it's going to hit the top of off. I mean, why I call him a magician? 
you if you do it in headingly you do it in lords you, you do it in rose ball fine no he's come to chennai he's identified mm-hmm. the exact spot where the pitch has not deteriorated enough that mm-hmm. if you hit it hit, and he's found the right angle it almost went in like an off mm-hmm. off break forget that it's actually a swinging ball amazing mm-hmm. the way it went through shubman gill's bat i'm like oh god then three balls later same thing for rahane i mean he broke yeah. he broke the chase right there it was done so what remained was yeah. how much can kohli fight can pant again do some something miraculous look lightning can only strike to, so many times with pant it's mm. apparently kept on striking so he had to fail sometime unfortunately he chose this innings yeah <laughs> kohli fought on and then he found ashwin again sundar also was cleaned up again bess bess has this very very happy knack of getting wickets first innings he did it a couple of yes. times he did it in sri lanka i think the first five hour he picked up he looked embarrassed I mean, mm. the first five hour of the first test in Sri Lanka, he's like, "Oops, how did that happen?" Yeah, and they all hit yeah, no, short no, yeah, balls no, to no, fielders you... and stuff. But I mean, who cares? I mean, yeah. now I remember it. If you ask me too much down the line, I'm like, "Oh, he took a five hour. Yeah, yeah, must have been a good." Who remembers, right? Yeah. He, he that happy knack. He dismissed Sundar as well. Another guy who could have hung around. That was that, right? It was then a matter of whether maybe Kohli can get to 100, a fourth innings 100. They're always very valuable. Ashwin again looked like he seemed to be setting out sharp. can he take another one or two hours out get to t so can kohli ashwin get to t nope then uh, this this here again the tenderizing effect of mr archer here i would say mm. because uh, i think he hit ashwin a couple of times very painful they looked the rib cage yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. here you know the side flank uh, it it didn't look look comfortable i mean ashwin deserves the credit he did it once he's doing it again but really that's what the the effect uh, archer has right then ashwin sort of tries to cut a ball it bounces too much he's out and that's that kohli gets a grubber from stokes stokes had to do something you never even mentioned the name stokes he scored an 82 this is your yeah. go to guy right in the last innings of the game day 5 day 4 day 5 here he comes takes kohli out that's that the game ends and i mean consummate team effort the way i look at it for england both the innings Jack Leach for sort of completely redeem himself from where it was, right? So, eight or seventy-seven for no loss to about, I think about forty-two, forty-three overs, six wickets for some, one hundred and twenty, one hundred and twenty, one hundred and fifteen. Fantastic comeback. James Anderson, perfect, perfect. What you expect from a fast bowler on a subcontinent pitch? Eleven, twelve incisive overs, three wickets. Dom Bess, one lucky wicket. He was stonked a little, by the way, but that's can happen. Ben Stokes one wicket, just just the perfect team performance. Jofra Archer for all the hard work he did, one wicket, right? Yeah, fantastic team effort. I mean, this is a very consummate victory as far as England is concerned. And I mean, now if we were to take a look beyond, as you said, hmm. this could really kick off something special. They are on a three-match unbeaten streak. If they win another match in Chennai or even in Motera, I mean, I would say they are now suddenly the way they have won this test, they have given themselves realistic chance of maybe even taking it three nil. I mean, all it needs is one more bad game, one more bad innings, even for India. It might all be downhill mm. for them. Uh, from them. Mm. Uh, so, uh, what do you think? So, what is your prediction? And yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I echo exactly what you were saying there about it being a, a, a team performance, and I, I, that, and I think that again is is what's really exciting. Um, As we look to the next test in this series, and also, you know, as a sort of a, a, a proud Englishman, as we as we look to the Ashes as well later in the year, you're like, this is a team that can really kick on here and do something quite special. Um, and so, yeah, look, I 
I think the I get it's maybe it's this, this the sort of this British attitude. It is wonderful seeing root score runs. It is just fantastic. The guys is super talented, and England are a, a such a better team when he scores runs. Um, it just lifts everybody. You know, we we need it to be. You know, he can't score centuries every every inning. Sadly, every match. Sadly, so we we need to make sure that some of those others are picking up some decent scores as well. Um, so you know, being being a little bit sort of selfish and greedy, I'd love I'd love to see a, a couple of others of so the the top order really uh, really pushing on in the next couple of matches. I think um, I think you know the next. The next test is 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 just so crucial, and again, like breaking it down, that the the toss, the first innings, the first also oh, the first session and the first day are so so crucial. If England can can get on top in in that first day of the next test, whether you know whether they're with, with bat or ball, India are going to start feeling a lot of pressure at home. I think you know, they're going to feel bad after this after this loss because it was it was a painful, it was a big a big loss. But you know, turn that around a good first day in the second test, and and and, and suddenly things start to feel a little bit better, and, and and we're we're getting the ship back going in the right direction. Have a bad first day, and the home crowd won't be happy, the press won't be happy. Um, and like something very, very special from an English point of view could could start happening. You know, a serious win in India is big, um, and they don't come around very often. Uh, so, so, th- and this this is this team can definitely do it. I think you know your point about best there. It, it it's tough. He he hasn't been bowling amazingly well. But if he's picking up wickets, you can't drop him. You know, I mean, like like you say, however he's getting them, he's getting them. So yes, I think he will want a better bowling performance in in, in the next uh, in the next match. Um, but I, I bet Root won't 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 mind too much if he keeps picking up two and three wickets here and there every time. Uh, I think Leach is looking good, and I think I I love Leach's kind of attitude just as well. I think he adds so much to the whole team just through his his kind of team first approach. Um, there's, there's. Um, uh, I think the plan is to rest Butler. I think they're going to send him home to have have some time away because it is quite an intense year coming up. Which, you know, bigger picture, fantastic. And I think it's a, it's a good approach that the the England setup have to be thinking about how to care for their players. Again, selfishly, I just want this exact same team playing again and playing in exactly the same way. And Butler, Butler's looking in some nice, nice form, particularly with the gloves actually at the moment, which I think is which is always reassuring. Um, so it'll be a shame to to have him leave, but that does hopefully give Ben Folks a chance. I don't know if it's been confirmed whether Ben Folks is coming out, but. Um, I would. I, I've always been a big fan of Ben Folks, and I I, uh, I I love Josh Butler as well. But I I think Ben Folks has done nothing wrong and deserves deserves his his shot. So it would be really good to see him uh, get get a chance in the in, in the next test. Indeed, I do personally. I think it, I think England can kick on. I think England can go two 0 up. I think it's going to be really hard. I think that first day is absolutely crucial. But I, I, I think England can can get a two 0 lead. All right, brave words, but you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hear me now, believe me later. But yeah. Fair enough. Look, this Indian team, um, 
they have had some ups and downs when they're traveling as well as at home at least at home they have had a much more uh, comfortable let's say record so mm. this is only the second loss in 34 games at home yes right so yes. that's quite some record but uh, yeah stranger things have been kicked off and bigger things have happened right the indian upset itself of australia after 36 all outs these things can happen so as you are rightly saying the first couple of days of the upcoming test only four days away is going to be really really crucial so the indians will look to win that at least a couple of sessions right there to begin with and give themselves that confidence now this mm. is going to go fine like if you remember in uh, melbourne that uh, counter punching century by rahane gave the team the belief before that the bowlers oh, are already yeah, done fantastic. their job bowlers have already sorted done their job dismissing australia to not too many so that's how it should start right build small but then build keep building on it so yeah, look ashwin look to be in some trouble but let's hope he comes up okay right mm. and then um for india yeah look do you foresee any other changes so for example nadeem was not entirely convincing kuldeep is still waiting in the wings and you have a leggy rahul chahar who's been brought into the uh, 15 so to say and then yeah i mean i think the rest of the squad seems okay you have to back rohit sharma and uh, shubman gill shubman gill definitely was good um, only thing um rahane i don't know how much more uh, rope he has i'm sure he does because of his skipper uh, work in uh, skippering work in australia but also Mm. I, he always has been not good in home conditions he's good away everybody knows that but yeah. as crucial as he is you would have expected he would have added a couple of 30s and 40s that's what he's good at he knows he identifies when the team is in trouble and he makes sure his presence is there even at 25 yeah. even at 28 that didn't come up so i think he'll want to just get that monkey off his back right and then fast yeah. bowlers are doing yeah. okay and if ashwin pulls through then probably i would think um Kuldeep might replace Shabazz Nadeem, bring in that X factor, so to say. Because if you want to especially retain Washington Sundar, because he did so well with the bat, he's giving you that all-round option because uh, Jadeja is not there. Because if Jadeja were to be there, there's no doubt who'd be in the eleven. But uh, for now, mm-hmm. Jadeja is at least not available for the second test. He's still out injured, so it'll be uh, Sundar might continue. But then it could be Kuldeep or Akshar because Akshar is like a like-for-like Jadeja and a very uh, combative cricketer. He can hit. but i somehow think they'll go for the x factor of a wrist spinner either a right arm leg spinner in rahul chahar or a left arm leg spinner in kuldeep yadav i think for me kuldeep yadav is the next cab of the ranks right for england you said folks is coming in i see that's the only main change but also mm. i think they would want their openers and the top 3 to kick off so sibley's been doing okay but then burns i think they would have wanted a little bit more he's coming back after a break he himself has something to say for himself lawrence is okay yeah. Yeah, lawrence has shown enough but he'll need to deliver what do you think yeah yeah i agree i, th- I think you know england has been searching for that top 3 uh, a really a really good top 3 that can perform for quite a while and there's always been that sort of ongoing debate about whether you should move root up the order to 3 and i think you know he, he's scoring a bucket load of runs at four so just let him be just let him be and uh, uh and 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 let those runs keep coming it it's it's other people's job to get that that one two three slot right i i think burns is under pressure actually i i you know i don't think i don't think he's been convincing um he's definitely got runs in him there's no doubt there he's got the talent but he's he hasn't he has he's not sort of rock solid at the moment i think sibley's beginning to find some sort of good form and some to deliver some good performances um i think i mean one of the things that's really exciting actually about this test 
from an England point of view is how Stokes and Archer came back with, you know, having played so little recently for, for a long time, come back fresh, physically fresh, mentally, um, and, and have been able to slot back in and perform straight away. And that, and that's really, really good, really, really important. I think the thing that I'm, a, I guess I'm, I'm concerned about is the, the top three not delivering a really good start and that it, it kind of took a sensational team performance this time to, to in, in this test to beat India. And it's going to take that again. You know, India are an incredibly good side. They are at home and they are going to be angry and wanting immediate revenge. You have to be at your best to be able to pick up uh, a, a win in, in that kind of situation. So the team have played out of their skin and done incredibly well this first test. They have to repeat that. They, you know, it can't be average or just above average. It needs to be a, a nine out of 10 or a 10 out of 10 performance again from the whole team for five days to, uh, to pick up the win. And that's hard to do. You know, that level of intensity, that level of peak performance is hard to do for, 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 for uh, 11 people in that space of time. So um, they can do it without a doubt. I think, uh, it'll be interesting as well to see what they do with um, with Jimmy Anderson across the rest of the series, you know, in terms of the resting and sort of uh, rotation there. Um, for years, I have been saying that I reckon Jimmy Anderson's going to retire. Um, and it's been an ongoing joke on our, on our show that every time I say it, he then puts in another amazing performance and picks up like a, a 10 for or something like that. Um, and long may it continue because he, he's, he's just, just in the form of his, of his life at the moment. I, I saw a stat on Twitter earlier today that in his first, I think first 45 tests, he picked up 156 wickets at an average of 34. Um, next 46 test, it was 187 wickets at an average of 27. And then in the last 66 tests, it's 268 wickets, an average of 21. Uh, and that's incredible, you know, for a, for a frontline fast bill, it's just in, insane. He just keeps getting better. I mean, it's not about the pace here. Yeah. It's about the control. And do you know what? It was, it was like he was saying earlier about, you know, knowing that spot, just identifying that spot to put it on. You know, he's not by any means a, 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 an out-and-out fast, destructive bowler, like, like sort of um, Stark or something like that. But he has that ability to move the ball and move the ball big and to be in complete control of it. And those, you know, those two wickets today the amount he was able to move that ball, but how he just, even with that amount of movement, he had it perfectly in, under control. Um, and yeah, you could see the look on batsmen's faces just going, I'm going to have to watch a replay of that because I don't really understand how that got through. Like, I, it doesn't make sense. The physics of this do, do not make sense. It was it was incredible. Yeah, another incredible test. I have a feeling they're going to bring Broad in for the next test. Give Anderson a break. Yes. And bring yeah. him fresh for the pink ball test, the third test of the series. Yes, I mean that—that you know, the pink ball that does move a lot. Um, so that I mean, I think both both Jimmy and Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad will both be begging to play in that one because that pink ball under the lights moves a beast. I think they they might play both. They might actually yeah. rest your yeah, archer for that be. test. I sort of have yeah. Broad warmed up at <laughs> Chennai and then take him yeah. fresh. All warmed up and nice, good to go at uh, Motera because it's going to be a day-night test. I mean, we'll discuss that in one of the upcoming episodes. If you were to move on, uh, another incredible test, Pakistan 
playing south africa and raval pindi another yes, test that went yeah. almost the distance right so you know pakistan sort of playing at home desperately wanting to win win convincingly and south africa gave them a real scare i mean even though the victory margin at mm. the end was sort of more or less uh, beyond conclusion it was more like uh, nobody could doubt it but the way it started the test match sort of remained very much in the neutral for the first two two and a half days there were two good innings fahim ashraf 78 making a big difference for pakistan because without that they might as well have been 200 all out right and then that took them to about uh, 272 fawad alam again digging in babar 77 in the first innings fawad alam 45 very crucial and then you know for uh, south africa hendrik norkia showing again extreme pace will work everywhere and he bowled good lengths he identified good lengths too and it's a slightly fast bowler pitch must be said travel pindi he made good use of it maharaj mm-hmm. coming good I mean sort of he was steady without being spectacular the whole tour maharaj so he took a 3 for and then when it came their turn to bat south of south africa let themselves down because from having bundled your opposition out for 272 you had to bat big at least get a 75 100 run lead right they couldn't yeah. they couldn't manage that so makram 32 and then bavuma 44 not out quinton de cock vian mulder a little bit of scores but then once george linda sort of got out a little bit um let's say he looked a bit icky throughout because he had a injured finger but then the moment he got out that was that because uh, fardy plessy had a sorry tour rasif anderson one good innings uh, dean elgar one good innings you expect a bit more from these players who are in the top five and also very very experienced right that was a big let down for me it's just when you look at the whole tour but then they did the right thing south africa they had vian mulder who sort of provided a little bit more ballast in the middle and lower middle he took a wicket with the ball scored you know 33 with the bat in the first innings he was okay but then the top five you had to really had they had to stand up and get themselves counted they had to make a 400 if possible no that was not free asanal mm-hmm. took a five four and then you know pakistan bowled really well around him shahin shah afridi sort of learning his craft but you will see this guy on his day he'll dismiss a squad for nothing like broadcast right he has all the right attributes Fahim Ashraf, a very very useful cricketer because he's sort of he gives you those 15 overs a day with the ball, but then what he brings is the sting in the tail when it comes to the batting. He comes mm-hmm. like six down. Your sort of the opposition is about to relax. You have somebody like Gilchrist or somebody walking in like that, you know, yeah. who has a real yeah. sting in the tail. Be careful, this guy can bat. So that's that's a good let's say a couple of results as far as Pakistan are concerned for the long term. In the second innings, again, Pakistan could have been in real trouble. because 4 for 63 5 for 76 6 for 128 the lead is okay then 6 for 128 they have lost for him ashraf the lead is just short of 200 now here anything can mm. happen again right but then in ways the other big guy other big gainer in the last year or so in pakistan cricket mohammad rizwan right he's now been more or less the de facto leader whenever babar azam is not around he's the number 2 in the team and he stands up he scores a made in 100 115 he supported well by the team uh, the tail yasir shah 23 normally the spinner in the end hitting some sixes for fun south african spinners again really they looked a bit exposed maharaj steady three wickets linda who had a finger broken came back or a finger really badly bruised came back five for but then you know the problem there is they batted 100 overs that's a bit too much and scoring at mm. less little less than 3 an over that meant with a lead of 70 in the bag you can't let your opposition do that or you can't let them score that fast right 100 overs if they play even if they were scoring at 2 an over you are already in trouble 270 is too much on a fourth uh, inning for asian conditions that was going to be too much right but again south africa sort of sparked it eden makram 100 
Rasi Pandey, Dusan, and Aaron Makram first of all took them to about two for 127. Then Pass failed. Rasi got out. Pass failed. Temba Boom again showed a lot of fight. This guy all always mm-hmm. scores tough runs whenever the team is down. And the other big letdown, Quinton de Kock, both with the captaincy and with the bat, a huge letdown on this tour. Because this, if he had to ever come good, if he had come good here and won the game for South Africa, everything would have been forgiven. He really doesn't look comfortable mm-hmm. as a skipper on the uh, team, and probably it should have been given to Dean Elgar. I have no clue why they decided to go with youth. Not a problem. If you, mm-hmm. I would have said give Dean Elgar two or three series, let him see himself out. Then you always have Eden Makram or Quinton de Kock. Quinton de Kock, it doesn't it doesn't rest well with him. The captaincy. I think Eden Makram should be the one pa- backing it, or maybe. You have to back one of those two, or give it to Temba. If there are other rules, other considerations you want to go in for, give it to Temba. But get it off, Quinton de Kock. Really, this guy can be the next Gilchrist. They're killing it off because this guy has yeah. what it takes to be in him to be the next Gilchrist, right? Somebody who can, in a matter of one hour, two hours, change a Test match. You know, Gilchrist has played these crazy innings where I think in South Africa, actually, I remember Gilchrist was going out to bat. Ponting was the one getting out and walking back to the pavilion. He said something to Gilchrist. And then Gilchrist nodded his head, walked away, and then hit 100 of 72 balls. And then he goes back to T, and his keeper asks, "Do you know what I told you?" Uh, he said, uh, "Go after it." He said, "No, no." I said, "Hang on, hang on till T." This guy hung on till T by scoring 100 runs in 72. Yeah, yeah. The opposition are like blinking. Where are we? I remember that afternoon because Damon Martin, who on his day is very very destructive, them both, Damon Martin and Adam Gilchrist, on either side of T. 47 48 overs they put on 306 eye watering runs in a test match i mean the game was already sort of just slowly coming into australia's control it was simply thrown out of the window at that point 47 overs 306 runs no matter which position you are in the opposition is out literally and then of course they were but then this guy can do all that if you have given him the license the same license that maybe a Pant is given these days in the Indian team, right? A left-handed Tyro, a guy who can score quickly, who usually normally bats higher up the order in the limited over games. Yeah. Everything the same, but this guy has played a lot more. He actually knows his game much better. You have to back him. You have to say, you know what? Go out there. I know you occasionally play a dash shot and come back, but then on the day you back yourself and you've seen things through, you're going to win us the game. Pant yeah. did. Right. So in. Uh, Uh, Gabba. So that's what you have to expect. I really hope they take the captaincy off his hands. Let him just concentrate on becoming. I mean, it's big shows. You don't compare anybody to Gilchrist easily. Becoming the best he can. Right? Win as many games. I mean, winning Test matches is not easy. Spinners for Pakistan coming back to this game, they did really well. They waited it out because they were not getting many wickets. But then they just kept the runs tight. Yasir Shah went nearly 24 hours 56. Norman Ali 20 hours 63. They kept the runs tight. They didn't let it go out of their hands, even when it looked like there were two partnerships being built: Rashid Dusan and um, Makram. Or then later, when Temba was batting really well with Makram, it it could have gone all bad for you know. This is exactly how it looked for India in that game that they won, but it was not to be because their faster bowlers came back again. Shahin Shah four, Hasan Ali five, Hasan Ali a ten four in a match. Fantastic comeback because he himself is making a comeback. That's another dream tale. It is one Pavadala making a comeback, scoring a hundred at home. Then it's this guy, right? Babar Azam winning his first test as a skipper, first series as a skipper, right? All fantastic results. So Pakistan would be really, really happy because it could have gone a little wrong. One all would they would take it, but then it would leave a very sore note. South Africa would have walked away proud if they had won it. Yeah, no, I look, I, 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 you know, I agree with everything you've said. I think Pakistan. 
um, they they will feel they will feel good after this win because even though um, it, the, the numbers make it look relatively straightforward, actually they had to fight quite hard and and they had to sort of make um, South Africa make the mistakes. Um, now, to be clear, South Africa did make those mistakes, and they made they've made the same mistakes now far too many times. I think there's there's some real problems, um, particularly just around scoring runs for for the South African side. Um, they, they they're just not getting big enough scores, and they they are making a habit of, um, I mean, not like crazy historical you know, history book collapses, but they are able to lose six wickets for a hundred runs really, really, really quickly. Uh, and, and they do it repeatedly and it just destroys their innings. Like in, in both of the, um, both, both, both innings in this, in this final test match, uh, I think in the first one, they were what, 241 for three and then 274 all out. And then in the other innings, 114 for three and then 201 all out, you know, 114 for three is, is an okay start. You know, it, obviously you'd love more, um, but actually that's not bad. That's not a bad foundation to sort of to, to then kick on from. But then to score only two hundred is is just a travesty. And they keep doing this. And I think, I think that middle that middle order in particular is 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 um uh, is having issues. I think your point about De Kock is absolutely right. He is. He's he's in a whole world of pain as as skipper. Like he he is not the right person for the job, um, and he cannot score runs uh, at, at the moment. He is having an absolute shock. I, I was looking um, looking earlier at his record, and in the four tests as skipper, he scored seventy four runs, and that's that's just not not okay. Um, you know he's he's a good player. He's a really really good player. Seventy four runs in in four tests from that man is is just not good enough. Um, I think you know South Africa have now lost was it four of the last five series and and ten of the last thirteen mm. tests. You know they they really need to turn this around quickly. Um, they've got quite you know quite a quite a, uh, some some good talent there, some young players and things like that. But they need to turn this around. They need to they need to and maybe it's about just going back and focusing on on just being really hard to beat at home. You know that's that make 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 South Africa that that fortress where when you come there you know you're in for an absolute dogfight and, you, and and you're going to really struggle because they they've I think they just they kind of lost their identity a little bit you know they don't have those big names anymore they've got some up and coming players who have got talent without a doubt but they need some of them to really start making making a bit of a, a name for themselves. Um, and it's it's got to start with with better better scores, you know. That, that it, it, of course, they need to take twenty wickets and things like that. But they just need to be able to get uh, decent scores on the board because they're just not giving their bowlers any kind of protection at all or any kind of chance. Um, it must be just so demoralising. Um, so yeah, look, I think I think it's a shame. You know, South Africa's a great a great sporting nation and, and, and South Africa are good at sport, good at rugby, good at cricket. It's, it's good for everybody kind of thing. So it's kind of sad to see them in this, in this state at the moment. Um, you know, and, and you can look back like they've, you know, they've, they had a really, really bad uh, ODI world cup, you know, a couple of years ago as well. So it's, it's not just the test team. Like I think their whole cricket setup is struggling um, as, as well. So 
they they're in a bit of a difficult situation and i think south africa is always one of those countries as well that it's not just about on the field where there tends to be issues they tend to have problems with you know the the broader organization with coaches um funding uh board members all that kind of stuff you know there's there's, there's quite a few issues within south african cricket in general not just on the pitch um, so it, it, it might be a little bit, like by a little while before we actually see a sort of a properly competitive South African side. Mm. No, that uh, think tank, Graeme Smith, Boucher, and their convener mm. of selectors, they have to sit down, they have to have a real, real hard look. Because look, these were the people that were the core of that great South African 11 decade ago, yeah. decade and a little ago, because what you had was that steel, right? They would drag themselves by the collar, uh, you know, by the collar if required. They would drag each other by the collar, whatever the situation, right? The one that's missing here is the steel. I mean, Graham Smith will have to find some way to infuse that that leadership that he always brought about. He used to say, you know, even Vernon Fielder used to pull up Croc on a test match morning and he would just say, nothing doing, you are playing this test. That's it. I don't care if you have yeah. to walk off or midway through, yeah. you're going to bowl one innings. And then... Things yeah. would work out automatically for Philander. So yeah. a bit of that, you know, that um, never said die attitude, a little bit of that no over my dead body attitude, right? That's the whole point. Mm. So I think they'll 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 have to come up with some proper strategy and also somehow infuse that belief in their players. Because this South African team, I remember last time they had gone to Pakistan, Kali scoring two hundreds, winning in Karachi, taking the series home one nil mm. in two thousand. Mm. I think it was in two thousand fourteen, if I'm not wrong. So. It is crazy, crazy, crazy times. I think it was 2007, probably a little bit before that, mm. 2007. But in any case, so when you, we really hope as sports fans that uh, we want a strong South Africa. They bring something unique, right? And we want them to come up. You're right. It is that is is that kind of that grit, that determination, that sort of certain sort of brutality. And I think you know you look at some of the South African players over the years who have done really well. I mean, Graham Smith himself. You know, from a sort of a, a technique point of view, plenty of plenty of issues, plenty of flaws. But we, you know, he was. You you just thought like this guy could have a broken leg, two broken arms, and a concussion, and he still won't go off, and and we'll have to fight to get him out. Like he would exactly. just do anything else but but give away his wicket. And you know, you have got some incredible talents down the years, like it's not like Callis and, and, and uh, De Villiers and things like that. But a lot of the South African team, there is just this absolute grit. Um, go all the way back to John T. Rhodes, for example. Like, you know, John T. Rhodes made, made a career on fielding. Mm-hmm. You know, not, yes, he scored a few runs and things like that, but he was in that side because of his fielding, because he would just throw himself at anything and everything and nothing would get past him. Um, and, and I think... That's currently the South African side doesn't have that identity. It doesn't. It, it doesn't fit the South African brand. Um, uh, and I think they kind of need to need to bring that back in some way. Hmm. All right. If you were to go to the other absolutely incredible Test match that finished. Yes. The innings Kyle Myers has played probably is jumping to the top of, and at least many lists, maybe into the top five of almost all lists when it comes to great Test innings. Right. So. I mean, let's go through the test match quickly because, look, Bangladesh were right on top. Even when they had West Indies midway yeah. through the last day, they yeah. were on top. Somehow he pulled it out of the fire. He won the game for them. So, uh, batting first, they sort of were stumbling, but they had good contributions right down the order until somebody from number eight, the off spinner Mehdi Hassan Miraz, decided enough is enough, scoring 100. 
there you have 430 on board hmm. you have clearly have put enough that you can probably win the test match comfortably in asian conditions no that was not to be because uh, well at least West Indies fought Craig Brathwaite, the captain made 76. Myers 40 in the first innings. Jermaine Blackwood 68 in the first innings. Joshua Disolo 42. All good contributions, making sure they had enough. They had enough doubt. There was no chance of a follow-on. So, but then still 180 runs odd ahead in the game. You could expect Bangladesh would roll them mm. over. Set them another 400 plus. That's it. End of the game. Very nearly the same thing happened, right? So what stood out is this grit. The grit that West Indies brought to the game. You know, Mominul Haka 100, and then Lytton Das 69. The fast bowlers came to the party. The moment Spinner sort of opened the gates by dismissing twin failures with Tamim Iqbal, big point there. But then uh, fast bowlers, Gabriel and Roach, kept running in. They did their bit, right? They kept supporting their spinners. And Jamal mm. Warikan is, I mean, he could be a Keshav Maharaj on a good day, I would say, frankly. I have nothing against him. But um, he took a 3 for. Rahim Conwall, the big guy, he took three. And then Shannon Gabriel, another huge guy, took two. But the point is, yeah. they, they never gave up. So they made it that much difficult. But then, in spite of all this, it must be said, asking to score 394 with, I don't know, 120 overs left in the game, is pretty much done and dusted. Right? 130 overs even. Mm. You don't have to worry. The game is won. All you have to do is make sure you go through your plans. Yeah. One big blow yeah. for... Bangladesh, which I think it will also, you know, leak into the next tests. Shakib got injured. You know, coming back from a big, uh, big mm -hmm. layoff, injury or not, um, he played a couple of one day or sort of built it up the nice way, got into the test team. But I think playing test is something else altogether because he opened the bowling, right? When it came to the West Indian uh, batting. And then I think I'll let you go about it. Tell me what happened in the fourth innings. I, it, it, I think it's a bit of an, an anomaly. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't think this is this isn't normal. This just isn't normal. It doesn't it doesn't happen. You know, the West Indies they I was gonna say they didn't deserve to win this. They absolutely deserve to win it. But like they had no right in winning this game. You know, they like you say, they had a huge total to go after in the fourth innings. They were uh what was it, fifty-nine for three. Um and it's like, yeah, look, okay. There'll be there'll be a few few uh, a few scores here because they'll stick around and and maybe a couple will, will flash the bat and, and we'll see something exciting. But this is done and dusted. Um, and so not only did West Indies not really have the, the right to win it, they certainly didn't have the, uh, the right for someone on debut to come in and score a double century. It's just like okay, if he got a century, that in itself would have been an amazing story and Bangladesh would have started getting a little bit panicky, going, hang on, this is this and right. But they still would have won. But for him to be able to kick on um, in that situation, under that kind of pressure, um, requiring that level of concentration, you know, double tons, they are they are rare. They are really hard to get. It's not just about technique. You know, you've, you've got to really concentrate. You've got to have incredible sort of mental capacity and fortitude. Um, and to be able to, 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 to do that at test cricket level on debut is 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 amazing. Um, but then, and again, the, the, the team should take a huge amount of um, uh, positivity out of this as well, because they were missing, uh, was it six of their first, sort of first choice players uh, weren't, weren't in. Um, three debutants, and they'd lost the previous series when they played Bangladesh 2-0 as well. So again, there was no reason at all why anyone would be thinking this was going to be any different. Um, so I, I just think it was 
it was a total anomaly, but it was a beautiful anomaly um, that uh, that I think that innings is, is going to go down in, in history again. Indeed. That really is. Uh, I, I don't know the stats about like, has anyone else scored a double, a double ton on debut, let alone in the fourth innings, let alone to win the game. But I mean, that that's insane. It's just insane. I think that, that that very well might be a record. Somebody mm. scoring a double hundred in their debut game mm. might very well be a record. I'll have yeah. to look it up. But I can I can already count a couple of double hundreds of, on debut. That, that, but look, what it took, right? The game was written off. Yeah. I mean, there yeah. were a couple of 20s in the uh, top of the order. Then this guy, two debutants, right? So they very nearly went past the highest partnership between two debutants in cricket mm. uh, the record was around 249 or something they they added more than 220 themselves so they could have actually crossed that record how many times do these records get broken probably never yeah. so all of these incredible incredible things and i saw the last hour of cricket actually i couldn't help myself because what was happening was something incredible bangladesh completely looked bereft of ideas that was also weird to see you had so much experience on the field mm-hmm. you had tamim you had mushfiq you had Momilul himself, the skipper. Okay, Shakib was not there. His his skill with the ball was not there. His sort of suggestions that come from the slip was not there. But you had all of these other people who've done enough around the world. Yeah. They have seen enough cricket. Yeah. No, they completely look bereft. They seem to be having the same plan. Ball here, he'll make a mistake. He didn't. Mm. The ball is there. It's going straight behind bowler's head for a six. Yeah. And he kept doing that. So in in Caribbean, there's always a saying, isn't there? There's always room in the air. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No matter how tight you pack a field, there's always a little bit of room in the air. He he comes from that school of cricket where scoring runs is all that matters, right? He looks languid, loose, and very, very composed at the crease. He's not looking to do anything special. He knows when the ball is in his arc, he'll hit it clean, right? He kept repeating the same formula. Out and out. And as a spinner, you know you're going to keep bowling the ball a little fuller. You're going to err on the full side rather than on the shorter side. All he had to do was wait. He kept waiting one boundary and over in the last. So they looked so clueless because when Joshua De Silva came in, so Nkrumah Bonner and him took them really close. 129 to win of the last session. That's still very tough because you're already four down or five down. And if, if you lose one wicket, most teams would shut shop. Because your 9-10 jack are absolutely useless when it comes to saving a test, right? They're good with the ball in hand. They can't save a test, right? If Roach goes, I wouldn't even put it past um, anybody else to stay there for even a whole over, right? But they back themselves. So in the very first over after T, Bonner hit a six and got out. Then then I thought, okay, they're going to shut down. Because Joshua De Silva comes out and he, he looks very comfortable at the crease. He's not yet probably at the level where he can attack and play score shots. When the ball is really bad, he'll put you away. But otherwise, he's comfortable blocking. He does it. Then all Bangladesh has to do is frustrate Kyle Myers a little. They didn't. One ball and over, they kept pulling in his arc. He kept hitting. Clean hits. Yeah. And like you say, yeah, like you say, you know, when, when Bonner went, um, they still needed another 120. You know, so it wasn't like the, the, they were there and they just needed to, to, to chip away kind of thing. Like, there's still plenty of work to do. Um, so, and, and again, Bangladesh should have should have been able to wrap this game up. I think they will, they they need to sort of, um, to learn something from this. I, I don't necessarily know what, like the, the, I don't know whether they just needed to try something a little bit different, but like you say, they, they were absolutely, um, 
numb and just sort of paralyzed and, and, and couldn't seem to get out of this pattern of just assuming that eventually he will get himself out. And it's cost them in the most amazing way. Indeed, look, when Jermaine Blackwood also threw his wicket away carelessly after Warner got out, you would say, okay, you know what, this is it. One of those spinners will come good. They'll run through the tail. In half an hour, you look at the score again, they're all out. No, they were still there. I'm like, they say the same, same pair is batting. I just kept an eye on it. Then I couldn't help it. I had to watch the last 45 minutes because incredible batting. <laughs> and then, yeah, okay. Uh, look, all must be said, you have to give credit to Kyle Myers. He backed himself. He always had the talent, always had the technique, clearly, to play on Asian pitches and make sure, you know, he puts the bad ball away at all costs. 20 boundaries, 7 sixers, strike rate of 67, right? Scoring 210 mm. on the last day. He, he, he was not out uh, on 30-odd going into the last day. But the score that 170 mm. runs have that belief and also a lot of credit to Joshua De Silva, Nkuma Bonner, because they made sure they were there. So Joshua De Silva ate up almost 90 minutes of time. And he was out when literally the literally the victory was inside. He was out. Yeah. There's, some, there's something that's quite good about the fact that Mayers also saw, saw it through right to the end. You know, you know, if, if he'd got, got the double century and, and then gone out for 201, 205 or something like that, no one would have begrudged him. No one would have criticised him. But again, that that kind of mental fortitude to go, I'm not, I'm not giving this away. You know, we are, we are now within sight of of this. I'm going to see this through to the to the very end. That that's a really exciting sort of indication of the kind of mental strength that that, that this guy's got. Absolutely. I hope he can make a place for himself now going forward in this Test eleven because, mm. as I said, six people are missing. Most of them are top order batters and a couple of bowlers, right? But I think he's now at least shown because he bowls a little bit of medium pace. He can be used as an all-rounder. I know there are there are plenty of those, right? We have Chase, who's the spinning all-rounder. You have the captain holder, who both of whom will more or less come into the step into this level, no matter what. But let's see how it goes because you might not see in Krumah Bonner, Shane mostly, all of these other people. John Campbell is definitely on the last chance saloon. He's already been there, except that he would not be playing this series, I would think, if the regular team was available. But anyway. They have one more chance. Mm-hmm. And West Indies, already having won a test, can't lose the series. I would like to see if they can put one yes. across Bangladesh, somehow draw the last game, maybe a rain-assisted draw. I don't care. See if you can take a series home. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Disaster exactly. for One-day series was a complete write-off. All 11 were new. And it mm. looked like my club side was going and playing against an international team. There was such a vast chasm in the <laughs> skill set and execution, right? So, all in all, a beautiful fairy tale, if you're a Test Match fan. All three Tests, uh, I think we've spoken for more than an hour and we've hardly gone through three games. You can imagine how much story is there to be said here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and what, a, what a beautiful thing as well to have three international tests all on at the same time. It oh, yeah. was a, it was an absolute joy. Every, every moment of the day, almost, there was, uh, there was sport on it. It was fantastic. If you were to take a look at some of the other cricket that was played. So, one is the final of the BBL. A very long drawn up mm. tournament, it must be said. But in the <laughs> in the final, I mean, it was the battle of the Englishman, apparently. James wins the opener 95, making 95. And that was the innings of the match, as far as I'm concerned, because another Englishman, Liam Livingston, sort of kicked it off. 45 he got to, but then he couldn't complete it because he had made mm. sure at halfway, Perth Scotches were in a really, really strong position and they could very well have chased it down. But he threw it away after that and then um, I think uh, Sixers bowled really well. Their spinners, especially, yeah. I think, uh, uh, both, uh, let's say, Steve O'Keefe, uh, especially, 
I would say he did really, really well. Because at mm-hmm. least in the first innings, I again saw Fawad Alam doing fantastically. Fawad Ahmed, sorry, doing really well. And so it, it was going to be which one of your spinners would bowl well. Steve O'Keefe actually outbowled him. But then the difference was the total they had put up. Thanks to his 95, basically wins his 95. They made 188, which in most conditions would be a winning score. In a final, added pressure, that's too much, I would say. Right? And in the end, that's how it turned out to be. I don't know if you got yeah. a chance to see the game or... No, do you know what? I mean, I, I've kind of, I haven't watched this. I think this is the first season I haven't watched too much uh, of, of the Big Bash. Like, I I like it. It does, it is that ongoing joke that actually it's like the longest thing mm. ever known to mankind. Like, <laughs> you know, you know, you, you, me- you measure time in terms of milliseconds, seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, decades, millennia, ice ages and Big Bash seasons. You know, it's just it's just the longest thing known to, well. to, to man for. But um, again, speaking from like a, a sort of a, I guess, an, an English fan, to see both um, uh, Hales and Vince top the the the, the batting um, uh, run scores list for the whole thing is really nice to see. I, you know, I don't, sadly for Hales, I don't think it's going to earn him the shot to get back into the England side. You know, I, I think. He, he must be still probably quite devastated at how that whole thing turned out. And I think there's, you know, there's more to it than meets the eye and all that kind of stuff. But he, he he's doing all that he can do. He's going out there and he's scoring plenty of runs in, in t- T20 competitions all over the world. Yeah. And he's an, in, he's an insane talent. Um, but it's nice to see James Vince um, really, really do so well, actually. I, I, don't, I don't think he, he didn't pick up the... The, didn't he? He didn't pick up the official sort of player of the of the season or something, but he was definitely um, you know voted for by a lot of other people as like player of the player of the tournament because he he was in great form, great form with the bat. As they say, one sniff too many probably cost him. But then I think mm. he's been kept out of the eleven too long. But as you say, maybe there's more than what meets the eye and. In the modern, yeah. correct uh, approach, they probably will never say any of these things. You, you'll probably get to read it in somebody's autobiography two decades down the line or something. But Yeah, 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 exactly. But those exactly. of us who are watching it, it does feel a bit too much. Speaking of yeah. another unit that we might have to use for measuring time, wait until they bring in two more teams to IPL and we'll have this chat later, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I, I mean, one of the things I've always found quite interesting as well about Big Bash is that it it does try really hard um, at trying new things, you know, so it, it brings in like the, the flashing bales and all that kind of stuff. And I think some of that's quite fun. I think some of it's probably a little bit too gimmicky, some of the stuff they do. And I did see that the whole, um, didn't they do some kind of substitute? Mm-hmm. Um, um, Power sub, I think it was called, no? Yeah, you could you could sub one out halfway through the first innings or something yeah, like that. Yeah. I don't I mean, I don't know, that that doesn't feel that doesn't feel great to me. But um uh, I do like I do like how they try different things. I, I do think that's I do think that's a good thing. And I you know uh it uh there's some beauty watching watching big bash cricket when you're sort of in a, in an English winter and you've got sunsets across places like you know, Melbourne and Sydney and Perth and things like that. It's it's hard not to be a little bit envious. Mm, mm, mm. Well, I mean, maybe it's time to go there to watch some of it live during the mm. English winter, right? It's Australian it's summer. It's a very good idea. It's a very good idea. If you speak to somebody from the southern continent, southern uh, half of this world, they always say, no, no, 
Christmas is the brightest day of the year. I'm like, what? Well, yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense. At least since I've come here, it's always like, what? But sure. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so anyway, if you were to now take a look at the other uh, international game that happened. So this is the Pakistan versus uh, Zimbabwe women's game. So Pakistan are on an African tour and they've completed a tour of South Africa. They are now on a tour of Zimbabwe. The first of those games was a really easy win for Pakistan because in batting mm. first, they scored 255 for six. It was already sort of writing on the wall. The Zimbabwean women's team is not all that experienced. They don't get to play international cricket very often. So Ali Arya, 74, and Captain Zaveria Khan, making 81. And it was a complete performance when it came to their turn to bowl. They shared the wickets all around. Uh, Zimbabwe were just 77 all out. So this is just a learning curve as far as the Zimbabwean women's cricket team is concerned. But it's welcome cricket as far as any amount of cricket that can go on in Zimbabwe is concerned. For us cricket fans, we would like to make sure Zimbabwe comes back to the position where they were always punching above their weight and always had these mercurial players who could you know, take on the best in the world, right? These are the stories that keep you really, really happy because this was the story of New Zealand for a long time until these days they've become really consummate the way they play. Zimbabwe could get there. Sri Lanka had it for a long time as well. So a mm. few players that are real gems and a lot of people contributing around it to take the team to the next level. So we really hope Zimbabwe can get to that level. Moving on, if we were to take a look in a couple of uh, off-the-field news. So, Cricket Australia have announced the award at uh, their seasonal awards, must be said. So, Beth Mooney has been crowned the, let's say, the best women's cricketer in Australian cricket this year. So, it's called the Belinda Clark Medal. And for once, somebody other than Meg Lanning, Elise Perry or Alisa Healy has won it. So, congratulations. Yes, that's got to be a good thing, hasn't it? Yeah, Beth yeah. Mooney, right? I mean, I have enough to talk about Elisa Perry or Meg Lanning. I don't want to go there. We'll... we'll get into another rabbit hole probably but probably they might be some of found of found some of the best cricketers out there we don't often mm. compare them in terms of their match winning performances with the men's cricket but that's as i said another long discussion um in some unfortunate news ezra mosley uh, who was the west indian fast bowler of some slippery pace a la certain archer it must be said and unfortunately he's died in a freak accident traffic accident where his cycle in which he was traveling, had a collision with the SUV and he's dead. So that's very unfortunate to read for cricketing fans. And uh, we wish uh, his family and his friends courage. It's, it's a tough thing to take. Somebody, he was always involved in the Barbados uh, coaching setup. It looks like he was still involved in the women's, especially his women's team coaching setup. So it was very sudden. He was old. He was 63. It was not a very young age. But still, it comes as a shock because it's not due to a natural cause. It's a sudden accident. And that's mm. that's very mm. tough to read. Um, we hope he rests in peace, Mr. Mosley. Going further, a small uh, update on the upcoming tour of uh, New Zealand for Bangladesh. They're out there to play a limited overs leg tour. So it will be a T20 and a one-day series tour. It was supposed to begin on 13th March, but now it will begin on 20th March. So why I'm staying, this is the whole itinerary has been adjusted because uh, there you have a strict quarantine still and you have to quarantine yourself for 14 days. So that means the whole itinerary has been pushed back so that they play some back-to-back games and stuff so that they still get a tour in before they leave. Right? Yeah. All right. Those are all, let's say, the good cricketing stories we wanted to discuss this week. But before we go, let's take a quick look at the trivia section. Okay. We have a trivia section. So the trivia question from the previous previous episode, with a cutoff of minimum 10 man-of-the-match awards in tests, which male test cricketer has the highest occurrence rate or highest average? That is, 
how what is the lowest in terms of number of matches so the cutoff is 10 test matches a uh, 10 man of the matches huh? so whom do you think is having the lowest in terms of average or strike rate when it comes to man of the matches oh you know what? i mean you almost want to go for like, you need like a big a big name but in a team that doesn't have that many sort of people not many stuff. i don't know there's something about ben stokes he always seems to pick up a load of bloody awards doesn't he I, i'm going to say stokesy ben stokes nah uh, he has nine i think if i'm not wrong i have to yeah. look at the list but there are no surprises many people call him a modern great many people call him a great of all time it's a certain steven smith Oh, well. Twelve man of the match matches in just seventy-seven tests. That's one every six point four tests. That's annoying. Yeah, isn't unfortunately, it? Yeah. yes. When you look all the way back, the next highest is Kurtley Ambrose, one in every seven oh, tests. That's nice. Then Jack nice. Callis, like who actually has the highest number of man of the matches, twenty-three, but that still comes to yeah, about one in seven point two. Imran yeah, Khan, yeah, yeah. one in eight. Malcolm Marshall, yes. one in eight point one. These are the top five. Ooh. it's a who's who really so okay so there's a, there's a question there's a quick question then to, to you without notice mm. do, do you believe that there's a lot of talk about um you know you've got the top three you've got coley williamson and and uh, and smith mm. at the moment mm. in terms of the the batsman just like, who are in a different class is joe root there yet and do you th- and and if not what what more does he kind of need to do this year to 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 be classed in the same in the same gang uh, frankly if you were to not make it a fab 3 but a fab 4 jorut is there mm. so in the yeah. last season or so babar azam had done enough to supplant jorut in the fab 4 mm. look for me in tests it's still steven smith head and shoulders above everyone else mm. then comes kohli because he's a better all round batsman no matter which format of the mm. game then comes williamson mm. when it comes to grit and class it's williamson and joe root mm. is up there now his last mm. four or five tests have really put him back in the limelight yeah his average is again hovering around the 50 mark he's it slipped down to 47 46 i was like what's going on here right i expect mm. him to retire with an average of 50 plus he has it in him another 50 mm. tests he'll play he'll retire with an average of 50 plus so for me just over the last period last fortnight or so jorut is back in the top 4 babar azam is yeah. fifth for me but i would say jorut has not done enough to supplant the lowest of the top 3 that is kane williamson he's still a little bit yeah this is i think uh, like we were talking about earlier if, if what with the year ahead if if you think about if you know if we speak again in sort of uh, a year's time and if if joe root has led england to a, a series win in india and then also uh, uh, regain the ashes mm-hmm. then i think actually he's kind of he's kind of solidified himself look for me he's already the winningest test captain for england men's captain mm-hmm. so that's that's to decide the point him mm-hmm. as a great test captain i think he's going to get there it it was sort of hesitant um he sort of made some sacrifices in the limited overs games all that is good he's going to finish as the greatest english captain in terms of results at least right but then uh, as a batsman i expect if probably he'll score at least one more 100 in the series in india he'll probably score one mm-hmm. or 200s in the ashes that will keep him there that will put him in the top four for sure if one of williamson and kohli have a fallow year which i don't see happening frankly kohli might still keep himself there because of his overall performances then jorut may get into top three this is my understanding of the situation yeah. right yeah all right now if you were to take a quick look at the trivia question from this episode 
you can tell me the answer to it after the episode ends for sure so yeah. <laughs> bowling in the second innings of the first test versus england right at chennai in the recently concluded test ashwin sort of repeated something that had only occurred almost 114 years ago what was this feat that ashwin actually did that occurred almost 114 years ago so you have to think as a hint of when he started bowling and what happened right that's the hint i think i've just given you the answer but you can tell it to me offline right so to all our listeners and those that like to encourage us we are always very glad when we get to read any uh, let's say comments about our work positive great if not always something that we can build on and if you want to give us an answer to this question you could get in touch with us at answer quick pod on twitter or via the facebook page or you could leave it as a comment on any of the 8 to 10 apps your podcast apps that you normally use we are available everywhere so it's always nice or else you could also write into us Uh, via mail amshay.cricket@gmail.com so for those of us uh, who are great test match fans ali a lot is coming up isn't it so one one more wonderful uh, test bangladesh west indies something to look forward to something for each team to prove this ongoing test series three more left england india so before you leave us give me a prediction what does your heart of hearts say england will take this home or will india go into the final of the wtc and at least win the series <sighs> I think the series will be drawn. I oh think the God. series will be drawn, which I think actually will be a really, a really positive result for England. Actually, England will take a lot more from that than India will. But do you know what that um, means for WTC if the series is drawn? Mm, Australia will go into the well, finals. Neither India yes, nor England know, will go. Know, but yeah. Australia will go. I'd rather let England win and let them go into the final home final. <laughs> then. <laughs> draw <laughs> with england to all one or draw and they let australia qualify because they they, they cancel their series of south africa you don't want to hand it to the australians then they will go and win it in the final i'm telling you you don't want to do that that's very true that's very, okay I, i take that back completely i take that back completely england to win 4-0 uh, and australia to get nowhere near that final so uh, so you know i look at I, i think it's going to be fascinating i can't wait well can't if wait. i were to come back with a prediction from my side it will probably be a 2-1 went to okay. india i don't see england winning another test Ooh. yeah i've i've put it out Ooh. there you heard it here first yeah right. yeah we'll see we'll see thanks a lot for your time ali and uh no pleasure would you like Absolutely to plug fine. your uh, podcast yeah i mean all about the balls um it's uh, it's four mates who who love sport uh, and and try and talk about it in a in a vaguely entertaining uh, uh way um yeah check us out on twitter you know all about the balls or, or again as uh, as ajit says all the all the usual places you can get your podcast entertainment you will find all about the balls and also you'll probably find some interesting other podcasts when you type in all about the balls into google you get some really funny results so uh, so whichever way you're going to be laughing well um maybe you don't want to do it at work all right yeah don't yeah whatever you do don't do on your work computer fair enough all right uh, thanks a lot ali wonderful chat and we hope to have you again sometime soon would love to would love to thank you very much for having me bye 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 this is the armchair cricket podcast